release by, I don't know, looking at the news. <laughs> at the same time, everything is a blessing from Allah, unequivocal about high standards. Uh-huh. Um, so as soon as I heard that, I thought, right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> the teacher is giving even more love and honour to the student. Please. It is the children. That is my goal. And that should be every Muslim's goal. Mm. We are having an impact. Let us not be in any doubt about mm. it. It, you know, it's what is imparted. The murabbi is the one who does it. Yeah. And uh, we have to be fit murabbis for the children. Wow. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam completed the prayer. So we have been doing this incredible work with our curriculum to all of that. And, and we have an incredible team of staff. Give and give and give and give. And well, I think all Muslim schools have always attracted people who love Islam and want to live Islam. You know, it's happening and it is happening. It's repeatedly happening. Our children enjoy being at school. This is a big light that is going up from the earth with Allah and his angels in the unseen world see. Welcome to the Murabiyun Show, raising awareness of Islamic schools. So mashallah, um, what does a busy head teacher like to do for lunch? Well, often there isn't sort of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> What does a busy head teacher like to do for lunch? Eat, I suppose, um, at a convenient point. Um, but that's about it. Uh, and I suppose seek release by, I don't know, looking at the news while you're, um, while you're, while you're having lunch. Uh, so interesting. So it's not just about the actual uh, time you take to eat, but it's probably a time you take to switch off. Yeah, yeah. But you don't get too much of that. But that's okay. It's 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 a great job to do. Alhamdulillah, yeah. working in the path of Allah, and you know, it's all enough car. So, um, are you? Uh, do you look forward to the beginning of the day or the end of the day? You can't say both. Which one's your preference? Um, and why? I, d- I don't know. Actually, do I? What do I look forward to, beginning or end of the day? I can't say. Can I say neither? Then I can't say both. Can I say neither? Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what day do you look forward to most? Monday or Friday? I, again, I just feel neutral about it. <laughs> we have to do our duty. We've got to come to school and, and, you know, whatever the day of the week and the time. And, and everything is a blessing from Allah. You know, so it's, you, everything is, is, um, is hard work. So, you know, you've, you, you've got to put the effort in. But at the same time, everything is a blessing from Allah. Everything is an opportunity from Allah. Everything is shrouded and covered and, and immersed and showered with the mercy of Allah. Mashallah. So, you know, and, and, and as, as Murabi, as, as Muslims, we realize that every single minute, that the minutes that are going to count are all of the ones that are done in the path of Allah, pleasing Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing this incredible job we have here, walking in the footsteps of Allah's messengers yeah. and prophets. Alhamdulillah. Um, if I was to ask a member of your staff what kind of uh, line manager you are, what kind of people... <laughs> You'd have to you ask know? them. I have no idea. I, I'd have to ask them after this. Yeah. What, what, what do you think they would say? Um, <clears throat> what have people said in the past? It depends on who you talk to. <laughs> what sort am I? What sort? What types are there out there? Um, I would hope that they would say that I am someone who listens and tries to understand and understand their perspective and um, tries to help, tries to help. Um, and I think that's always um, a work in progress. You know, we, we are all a work in progress. We're all trying to become better servants of Allah, better in our character, better in the way we interact with others. And the older you get, and if you keep on doing that game and trying hard in that 
in, in, in that regard, Allah blesses you to be able to start to see your limitations and your mm-hmm. failings and your character flaws more and then work on them more. So I would hope they would say a lot of positive things about me being <laughs> I'm sure they will, I'm sure they friendly will. and affable. And <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, you know, I um, high standards. <laughs> well, I, I, unequivocal about high standards. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that you wouldn't, mashallah, The school wouldn't have got as far as they have if you hadn't had those high standards. So that's really a, a uh, that's a blessing, and that's a something that we should be all aspiring towards, right? Yeah, absolutely. But we, we always have to remind ourselves that nothing happens, not even a breath and uh, a heartbeat, except by the mercy and the permission, the support of Allah. And it is such a blessing that Allah saw whatever little good there was inside us to allow us to be a part of this huge, incredible, noble <coughs> profession, which is in the footsteps of God's messengers, who Allah sent to this world to bring mankind from zulumat to nur, from uh, not knowing to knowing what it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us all. And so this incredible work that we do to nurture the future generations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such a huge honour. And um, again, he, he chose us for this work. He saw whatever looked good, alhamdulillah, there was in, within us. And... Um, it's such an incredible opportunity to become closer to Allah, to learn more, to do yeah. more, you know, walking in the footsteps of Allah's messengers. Alhamdulillah. Are you laptop, notepad? What do you like to use? What's your go-to for when you're in a meeting? In a meeting, my ears and my mind. Okay. <laughs> if I have to make notes now, it will generally be on a on a on a on a, on a mobile device. Um, I did get one, a note with um, one of these pen things that I could okay. write notes. Yeah. But you know, I've never used that. I'll just <laughs> tap away if I need to. Um, I, I think the older. I've got, I'm writing less notes, which I think is, hooray, really good thing, because, um, it, you know, I, I, it was always, I suppose, a worry and anxiety when I was younger of not forgetting anything, oh. any of the details. And now I know to just focus in on what matters most, sure, sure, make sure. as few notes as possible and get to the heart of it and have an action point for myself. I, keep, I try to keep things brief. Um, and when it's down to work, I just love being in front of a desktop PC. <laughs> desktop PC for me any day. <laughs> um, so With two screens. I can At see, least. mashallah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm envious, actually, alhamdulillah, mashallah, because um, I have two screens, but it, I, I have the laptop screen and I have my desktop screen and can have a little yeah. bit of Yeah, no, we, we've all had to do the health and safety training yeah. about display equipment and at the right posture and all of that. I think I've done that two or three times now, so some of it I've retained. <laughs> no, mashallah, it's good practice. Um, we were talking about this just before we got started, uh, the... Um, the, the good that's came come through the pandemic and we were talking about the use of uh, virtual tools. So for you, what is it? Zoom, Teams, Google Meets, which one's your go-to? Google Meets as a school, because okay. we went into the whole Google suite um, of stuff actually. And we actually did that back before the pandemic. We bought into, I don't think it was ever bought or subscribed to, but we certainly signed up to it, subscribed okay. to without without the cost. And um, that was back in 2018 sure. um, when we opened the voluntary aided school that we're sitting in here today. Okay. And um, so for the pandemic, we were sort of up and running. Okay. We sort of foresaw what was happening, started planning, started putting things in place and trained our staff, um, created Google Classroom. So we're sort of very Google in that way, you oh, know, okay. calendars, email, Google Classroom and, and Google Meet. Good, good. We do use Zoom as well, but they're usually Google Meets. Okay, fantastic. Oh, and Teams when the local authority, because they use Teams. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're, you're quite flexible between all of yeah. them. I know people generally have a preference towards one, don't they? Mm. Um, okay. Um, if you were to walk in 
in the morning mm-hmm. and you were to find that one of your staff members has unfortunately gone off sick or can't make it to work for whatever reason, what is the one lesson that you're hoping and praying that you don't have to cover? Me personally? Yeah. Go in and cover myself? Yeah. Um, you know, I do so little cover. <laughs> in all honesty, I do so little. I, I do welcome the opportunity to go in and speak to children. I'll do what I have to do, you know, roll up sleeves and and get on with things. Um, I don't think there is a subject that I would just hate to do. Uh, is there one? I mean, I don't, I'm not a primary, spe- well, I'm not I'm a sort of a primary specialist now, yeah, definitely. But I didn't come into the profession as a primary teacher. Sure. Um, I came from a secondary background, actually. Um but I'll teach anything that I have to teach. I don't think there is anything I dread. But you know what? I might go home after this. This is meant to be quick fire as well. I can't, I can't give a quick answer to anything, can I? <laughs> I might change my mind later. <laughs> uh, all right. What's the one lesson that you would really look forward to teaching if you're given the opportunity? I suppose Islamic studies, Ashala. science, music, nasheed lessons. Yeah. and uh, What's the thing that you look forward to most outside of school? Um, Quran. Um, Salah um, Grandchildren Making my mum happy or pleased Or doing things to help her um, Let's look forward to Oh I love, absolutely love um, But don't get time for it anymore Cycling oh, wow, um, sure. I'm, I'm walking with the grandchildren And my sure. my boys <laughs> in, in, in the woods Epping Forest and the other haunts around where we oh. yeah and yeah there was a time where we were doing the, 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 the walks down the embankment south embankment and um, and all of that and uh, you know museums and uh, you know I love exploring love going out and uh, and then if I can't do it that way <laughs> I don't mind the YouTube videos on <laughs> places in the world to go and visit and see yeah I don't know Alhamdulillah I think uh I don't know about you, but yeah, certainly I think um, I find more and more people, especially from our kind of communities, are, are walking more and exploring outdoors more than they probably ever have done. Mm. It's quite refreshing, actually. Oh, I, I've been doing it from way back when my kids were little because um, I didn't get to do a lot of it as, as a child. So when, when my children were young, they're all grown up now, but when they were young, it would be, you know, early morning starts on the weekend because <coughs> young children get up early, don't they? Yeah. You got, I used to have to get them out of this terrible flat I used to live in for many years where we had neighbours from hell downstairs um, and uh, used to bang on the ceiling um, and, and try to and play loud music and oh. under my children's bedroom. And So I used to try to get my children out of that environment and out from making any noise that would offend the neighbours. And um, we would go for walks in the woods or places, you know, I'd, I'd like to take them out into the outdoors. And so it's something that we've been doing for a long time, I suppose. <laughs> but it's, it's great to see people doing this more. They, it, it, even, I think, locally, we now have a walking group. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> And a cycling group, I think there is one, and for, and for ladies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in where you guys are in London, I always see these kind of things, uh, and there's so much accessibility for ladies as well. Which hey, just wanted to let you know about an upcoming seminar that we've got in January. It's going to be delivered by our very own Rohan Khan, who we had in the show not so long ago. And this seminar is going to be called The Ideas That Shape the Stories We Read. 
it's really going to be an interesting one and I'd encourage you all to participate. Rahan's going to get into some of the ideas and the motives that shape the stories that are told, whether it be through theatre productions, movies, novels, whether it be in school, at home, wherever stories are being told, there's, there's a drive and a motive behind these stories. And Rahan's going to start to unpick and start to share with us um, his understanding and, and years of kind of looking into this. And uh, hopefully we can take some benefit, inshallah, from this. So I'd really encourage you all to participate. Please jump onto our website, murabian.com forward slash ideas and uh, register now. Thank you. How long have you been in the profession? For Talk us through the journey of how you've got to headship. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I uh, was doing a master's in theoretical physics in Imperial College, which where I did my undergraduate degree. And I was uh, going through some other personal difficulties and I needed to get a job. And in fact, I was advised by Sheikh Darsh, Rahimullah Ta'ala used to be part of the Islamic Sharia Council, head of the Islamic Sharia Council. He was an amazing scholar. May Allah give him for a ala. And he used to visit us in Imperial College um, once uh, once a week. It would be well, once every two weeks it would be for the brothers, and once every two weeks with sisters. Okay. And um, I remember bumping into him again when uh, um, I was going through these personal difficulties and uh, he recognised me and it was incredible. <laughs> you know, mashallah, he's very supportive and started talking to him on the phone and um, he told me, you know, get a job. That will, you know, increase your self-confidence and it will, uh, uh, you know, be an incredible thing to do. It's really important you get a job. Um, you know, bearing in mind, I'd, my father died when I was eight and we ha- I had no extended family, no um, sort of male role model figures in my life, actually, except for these few uh, incredible um, role models that uh, I've seen along the years, including uh, Sheikh, uh, brother, uncle, Amda Salam, which uh, I was mentioning to you earlier on. Mm. Um, so Sheikh Nash said this, to, said this to me and I thought, okay, that's true, I should go and get a job. And I was friends with the lovely sister, Sarah Sharif, Mayla, I have lost contact with her now, incredible sister, mashallah. And uh, she mentioned how she worked for Yusuf Islam at the time. They were looking for a physics teacher in okay. Islamia school. So um, I decided to apply. <laughs> and oh. off I went uh, from East London to Northwest London on the train one day to do, to do the interview. And Alhamdulillah, they offered me the job. And I started as a, uh, a physics teacher in Islamia Girls Secondary. And that was back in 95. Um, and got involved, obviously, in the whole world of Muslim schools from that point. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I never looked back, as they say. I did um, sort of part-time a year in the year six, worked in the, the secondary, um, left after about six years and sort of went on to another school and then sort of a little bit of time out maternity and so on. And then joined al Noor Primary, which at the time was a very new school. Um, and it was in an old building, which was here where this new building is yeah. now. Back then in 2003, uh, I joined and it's oh, been wow. 19 years now. <laughs> I haven't left. Uh, the school grew and grew. It was an independent. It was a one-form entry and uh, it, it only had a um, reception year one, year two when I joined and it only opened the year before. So it only been opened a year when I joined it. Um, and so I saw it all the way through to year six and, and onwards. And then we had this application for voluntary aided oh. and with the, the Alnur Foundation, the Alnur Foundation being the proprietary body. What did you join? Uh, what role did you join as at the time? Did you head join teacher. Head teacher. Yeah, okay. head teacher from, 
yeah, secondary straight into primary as wow. head teacher. Um, but it was a, an incredible experience. It has been an incredible journey. Um, alhamdulillah, a very blessed journey. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it, it, you know, we're into my 19th and a half year here now. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, but lots of progress, lots of good things. I was going to say 20 years is going to be a big celebration, inshallah. Yeah, or, or Thanksgiving. A nice, and thanks a nice, a nice uh, landmark, actually. Yeah, well, it's 20 years actually for the school this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, on the uh, 2nd of October or something is when we first opened our doors in 2002. And so 22 October it was, and we did have a playground party ah. for parents. And we're hoping there's something else in the pipeline is a bigger event um, for the 20 year celebration of the oh, school. Brilliant. Yeah, Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. Um, you mentioned who are the people that continue to inspire you to give you that longevity to to want to remain in the sector for as long as you have? So first of all, it, obviously it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, and what he wants from us. And and it is his messenger, Rasulullah, who's our ultimate role model in everything we do and for leadership uh, and, and education and so on and so forth, you know, it, absolutely full stop right at the top, of course. And of course, it's my mother as well. Um, Allah blessed me when he gave me my mother really really blessed me you know I, and I've things have happened recently that really gave me the opportunity to really think again about how blessed I was to have the mother that Allah blessed me with uh, and it's in her lap uh, where I learned Iman and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jannah and Jahannam and La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah and all of those things um, I used to always ask her when I was a child you know who's your best friend as a child and she'd always say Allah Always say Allah wow. without doubt. Um, my mother, mashallah, um, subhanAllah, amazing, um, you know, ma- amazing mother and Muslimah and servant of Allah. And uh, and then, alhamdulillah, there have been blessed people in my life. Alhamdulillah, we had an amazing Islamic studies teacher. So the Muslim Educational Trust was an organization that used to send out teachers to maintain schools okay. where there were large Muslim populations. And they would come before school once a week and they would teach um, some studies lessons. Okay. So um, there was I, I first met her, Mrs. Sheikh, Mrs. Gosar Sheikh, uh, who's from the area, Leighton, where I live in the London Borough of Waltham Forest. And um, she would come to the school, and she started off with one day a week, and then she started to increase those numbers of day. We'd go early in the morning, so we'd get to school forty-five minutes or an hour before, ha- and we'd we'll, we'd attend these lessons. So and you know her, um, mashallah, love of the Deen. And uh, her real passion to help children learn their deen and learn and, and excel. And she was incredible. May Allah reward her Amen. so much and make that a sadaqa jariya for her. I mean, um, and then people that I met along the way, alhamdulillah, I, meant, uh, I mentioned Sarah Sharif. Um, um, I think when I was, um, you know, I've got such a terrible memory for detail now, but when I was 14 and I went to another secondary school, um, I met somebody in my year group, in my class, um, Sabira, uh, and uh, she was the daughter of Uncle Abdus Salam that I mentioned earlier on. Oh, okay. I've no idea about all these things at the time. Uh, we were, you know, salt and pepper opposites. <laughs> she was very thoughtful, reflective, and quiet, and I was thoughtful, reflective internally, but very extrovert and loud. <laughs> and um, but we were both hijab wearing Muslims and there wasn't anybody else that did that sort of thing. Wow. So, um, you know, I started doing that at 13 because I watched a, a program on Channel 4, Would You Believe? 
something that taught me something good. It was on about it was about um, Muslim women in in Egypt who were starting to adopt niqab and hijab and so on, and uh, they were being uh, interviewed about why they were doing it and so on and so forth. And it was that program that taught me that wearing hijab was fard. Wow. This was a part of the thing. So this is a long time ago now. So we're, we're talking back 1982, and um, so as soon as I heard that, I thought, right, I'm going to do that. And I shouted up the stairs to my mum and told her, mummy, tomorrow I'm going from now on, I'm going to be wearing a, a scarf, a dubatta, this or that, the other, whichever we had. And I only had a purple dubatta at the time. So I started wrapping that navy blue uniform. So I'm going to school wearing this purple dubatta wrapped around my head. Um, and obviously that, that evolved. We had a, a neighbour on the road, Zawiya, mashallah, may Allah reward her too. Mm-hmm. She was uh, from Singapore. She worked as a nurse. And um, she there was an Islamic centre out in Singapore, the Muslim Converts Association of Singapore. That was what it was. And she'd get a lot of stuff, magazines and books and things from them. And she would wear these scarves that she would get from Carnaby Street and Oxford Street. Okay. So we started to get these scarves from Carnaby Street and Oxford Street <laughs> to wear. And... Um, yeah, then I met Sabra, and then so um, Alhamdulillah, you know, we campaigned to, to, you know, with the head teacher to allow us to wear hijab as a part of the uniform in the okay. school. And um, we were going to go all the way to a governing body meeting, and then she sort of scuppered that and sort of just came to an internal oh, arrangement okay. between the two of us. And we should have we should have taken it to governing body, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, and she was incredible. And so she introduced me to her, her family and their background and, and mashallah, her, her father. And, um, and then he started to send books through Sabra for me because she told him about me oh, and wow. sort of introduced me to the different things that were going on at the time, young Muslims organisations. Uh, uh, um, they had something particularly, what was called YM at the time, Young Muslims. Oh, okay. And it became YMO or something later and all these sort of different things that sure. were going on. And invitations to, to, to you know attend various things which most of those I couldn't attend uh, my mum was very risk so I couldn't go to a lot of those things but mashallah samshi let me go on and um, that was really good really eye-opening being part of a wider Muslim movement and the books were really incredible and it was just lovely having people care about your tarbiyah sure. and uh, yeah that, that was incredible and um, obviously went on to uh, university um and met Sheikh Darsh there, may Allah have most been other uh, incredible people. And um, uh, eventually I started, uh, um, uh, you know, f- I'm probably forgetting lots of people along the way because there were probably loads of incredible individuals. Um, but I started attending a, at one point um, a circle with Abu Said, uh, who's still part of the Islamic Sharia Council, incredible, knowledgeable scholar. Um, and mashallah, that was an incredible circle that I attended with him. And I suppose it, it, like that, as you go along life's you journey, you met people along the way, and yeah, kind of yeah. And obviously, there was when I started working at Islamia, I met incredible people through Islamia as well, both in the Muslim school movement, um, uh, you know, and uh, you know, Sheikh Babaker, he, he used to work at the school when I was there, and um, there were other just uh, too many to count. I think I, I'm just, you know, I'm really curious to understand something. So, do you you know how important is it for anybody? Uh, let alone somebody who's in education, but anybody for that matter, just to keep good company or meet new people or, or, or just continuously kind of have some sort of somebody externally outside of their kind of normal nine to five just to keep you uh, keep you focused and keep you motivated. Yeah, I agree. It's important. I think the, the prophetic model is that um, you have a teacher and a scholar um, and a murabbi yeah. who is your mentor and is your guide who you 
um, learn from being in their company, their character, and um, and the deen, but also living the deen. And it's a life transactional model where it's handed down to you, and you start to imbibe those qualities as good characteristics. Um, and I went to. Um, uh, a visit to Istanbul a few years back. It was a wonderful visit organised by the Nida Trust and um, it was mashallah, they took us to all sorts of different places in Istanbul which were incredible and, and we met people and one of the talks we listened to was by uh, Sheikh Rajab um, uh, Shenturk uh, and he, subhanAllah, was such an inspirational figure. He talked about his own growing up and how he had learnt the deen and it, you know, and, and then I observed, I remember him talking about it and observing one of the last, I think it was the last living student of um, uh, Sheikh Bedir Zaman Sayyid Nursi. And, um, and I watched when his student come in, came in late to the little congregation, quite a large congregation there, um, and we were in a, a Pasha, Rustum Pasha, Madrasa in Istanbul, uh, and it's sort of a little tiny little centre madrasa area for um, you know uh, people and followers and people who learn from Sheikh Badr Zaman Sayyid Nursi, and uh, he came in through the door, and the respect and the love with which he came in, just watching it was an education itself. Leave alone the talk. Wow. On one side, watching the way he interacted with the teacher and the way the teacher interacted and responded to him, and then when Sheikh Rajab Shantok uh, talk, talked about this. He talked about this life transactional model in which the teacher is giving as much, well, even more love and honour to the student than the student even to the teacher in order to teach husnul khuluq, to, to teach um, the, the khuluq of the Prophet to teach the ideals of Islam and to live it and be it. And I, it was, you know, I could see it with my eyes and I heard it with my ears to the point where it affected my heart. And this was what the impact the Prophet ﷺ had on the companions. And so that's what I missed in my life. <laughs> For how many years I said to myself, I needed somebody like that in my life mm. from a really young, young age. I didn't have someone exactly like that, but I had other people along the sure. way. Alhamdulillah. But in the ideal circumstance, you know, my advice for everyone for the parents raising their children, for the young people wanting to learn more and know more and be more, is to get yourself that guide, that teacher, that murabbi mm. in your life um, that you allow to influence you and that they are that sort of amazing role model. And, and that's the other thing I've, you know, sort of reflecting on more recently is that Muslims are human and they're fallible. So they, um, we have got to stop expecting that every Muslim is going to be, who claims to talk about Islam or is going to be ideal and perfect. They're not, they're no. human. They're going to be fallible, they're going to make mistakes and they have to make the one pick themselves up and yeah. repair and move forward. Muslims, human beings make mistakes and Allah showed us that through his first, he, the first human being he created, who he also made a prophet for us, Adam alayhi salam, our mm. father, when he erred and he taught us how to make the through him and yeah. showed us through him. Um, so, you know, <laughs> We could do a lot of um, waiting forever for the right person. You know, don't do that. See good in people. Work together, you know, in good collective, wherever you see it. But she's a great guide. And um, you don't have to be with them forever, but, you know, learn from them. They should yeah. be knowledgeable. You're, you're gaining Islamic knowledge, yes, but it's not just book knowledge. It's not theoretical learning. It's lived Islam. Yeah. So that it, uh, uh, we are... Our character is is moulded and 100%. formulated by that. It takes so much from just somebody's 
the interaction with somebody mm. more often than not. Mm. Um, <coughs> mashallah, you've been in headship, like you said, coming up to 20 years, right? Mm. And prior to that, you, you were at Islamia for, for a long time. I want to get down to some real specifics now. And I know it's going to be difficult because there's lots of journeys, uh, stories along the way. But can you share with us a, a particular challenge that you've had as a head teacher that comes to mind? That you think, you know what, that's something that you'd look back and maybe you've taken a lesson from, you've drawn a lesson from it or, or something that's kind of had an impact on you. A particular challenging situation. You know what, everything or has always been accompanied by the blessing, the facilitation, the mercy, the love, the you know, of Allah and the direction. Mm. He is al-hadi and he guided us. Um, so, you know, he, every challenge has been a challenge, but it's all been a source of blessing, mm. a source of growth. What about, like, it might be a particular moment with a parent, with a child? I mean, okay, if I think of two things, one was very early on, probably two years or three years into... Um, my career there was um, a horrible we used to have annual general meetings at that time okay. and every year we'd have an I don't know why we were all under the impression we had to have them at the time but we'd, we all felt we had to have them so um, we would invite parents in the board trustees would sit there I'd sit there and they could say anything they liked <laughs> <It's> <laughs> not the best way of doing it anyway um, yeah there just happened to be a peer that were particularly oh, I don't know what they were out for that day it just, uh, they were uh, cruel, unnecessarily cruel and, and exaggerated. Whatever it was they were trying to say, the questions they were t- trying to ask was so angry and unnecessary and it had borne no uh, reality on anything that had happened at all. Mm. And it also come out of the blue because they'd never approached the school before from the best of what I can remember. So they, it was, uh, uh, you know, mind-blowing. And, and our wonderful church trustees, may Allah give him so much adar, an amazing, amazing, beautiful, mashallah, man and, and, and servant of Allah. Amen. Uh, he made a comment, which was icing on the cake for me at that point, um, because it could have been interpreted really badly by parents. I'm sure, and I know for sure, it came from a really good place from him. He was trying to say to them, well, if you want to do the job, you can go ahead and do it better. If you think you can do it better, go ahead and do it. But the way it sounded to me, it could have been interpreted by others as that I'm not very happy that I had teacher going. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not what he meant, but it just uh, perhaps it was the emotional state. Uh, 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 I don't know why it felt like that. So that was very difficult. Um, I remember trying to hide my face and walk out from... Uh, <laughs> It was just so cruel. It was mm. so, um, that was difficult. But alhamdulillah, you know, subhanAllah, so merciful and kind. I remember they forced their way into my office afterwards, um, the chair and the two other trustees and, and started to talk to me. I remember, mashallah, the same chair of trustees, and Allah give him so much other. He mm. said, Allah, you izzu man yasha wa yudhillu man yasha. That was enough for me. You know, there's good in everything when he honors you and when he dishonors you. And you have to be so careful when people honor you because that's when shaitan gets mm, in definitely. and your niya becomes tainted and so on and so forth. So if Allah had willed that that was the right thing um, to take so, a dressing yeah. down or, uh, you know, however unfairly, then that was better, alhamdulillah. Yeah. There was that. Then um, there was, oh, and there was something else. And even before that, I remember I had poison pen letters from a parent, would you believe? Poison pen letters, poison. anonymous anonymous letters written to say, make all sorts of allegations about me. I think it was my first year at the school. Oh, wow. Um, and a parent was writing things about how um, it was anything and anything I said that she might have heard, like in the playground at the beginning of the school day. And 
just finding fault with all of it. And I'm going to report her to the police and she's really extreme. What did I say? There was extreme <laughs> nothing. You know, it was really strange. Um, and that was a bit of a challenge. And uh, But again, Allah sorted that one as well very, very quickly because we found out who it was because she happened to come in one day for an appointment and she'd written a letter and uh, I happened to have and recognise the handwriting. And this was within days and realised who it was. And then, you know, mashallah, we, you know, it got sorted out and that stopped, alhamdulillah. But the, I think the, the biggest one put the most pressure on, on me in the school was when we had an inspection in 2015, I think it was. And a number of schools at the time had had an inspection yeah. on the back of Trojan Horse yeah. and all of the things that were going on in the country at the time. And the way the offset off had taken a certain, it felt at the time approach to mm. uh, the independent Muslim school sector at the time. Um, and I felt it was an extremely unfair inspection at the time. And um, that was really, really difficult because the, 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 the strain, obviously, was, I mean, I'm not the only one who's gone through something yeah. like that. And alhamdulillah, um, live to tell the tale and all of that. And, and alhamdulillah, only got better as a result of it. Um, yeah, that was a you know interesting time as well. Did a lot of work, a lot, a lot of a lot of work. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. I mean, obviously, we're always doing a lot of work. It was. Uh, yeah, but you, you've, you've come back uh, not just to live the tale, but Alhamdulillah, you've come back stronger on the other side yeah. as well. Alhamdulillah, through, definitely through that experience. Absolutely. Like, like you said, you know, there's there's khayr in everything. That's and it. So, and uh, you know, I'm sure that that experience will stay with you and the team forever. Mm. When I say a lot of work, by the way, it wasn't that we were failing it was that we had to prove that we were yeah, you had to go over and, <laughs> and you know take the advantage of the feedback to do it even better yeah, yeah. and produce all of the evidence which we just slavishly and diligently put into folders for every single point you know masses and masses, masses of evidence of you know inside folders we may allah bless brother salim who's no longer yeah. with us may allah give um, him for those and accept the hard work he did in the muslim school sector um, you know, we worked with him for some time. He he gave us lots of incredible incredible advice, and um, may Allah make it uh, you know sadaqah jariya for him too. I mean, I mean, I mean. I'm going to ask you another question, right? And I know you're going to be really, uh, mashallah, humble about it, but I, I want you to um, look at it from the perspective of sharing, uh, so that people can take uh, some inspiration and motivation from it. But over the last twenty years or so, coming up to twenty years, what's been the kind of the one highlight or the achievement that kind of really comes to mind and maybe not just you but the t collective effort but I know you're a big driving force behind it so you know share with us something please it is the children alhamdulillah it, it is the children it's the impact we're having on them you know when you really want something and you're really trying hard to work for it you can be you we are we I and I was and I always have been and we have been and as Muslim schools our biggest critic so you yeah. don't need everybody else to do it on top because we're doing it yeah. ourselves and we're constantly looking at all the cracks in in the wall you know all the cracks yeah. in the in the paint and in the yeah. wallpaper yeah. To, you know and then we think oh that's good but you know oh that's good alhamdulillah but you know and we're constantly doing that <laughs> and 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 just always looking at the cracks and and and, and not looking enough at all the great stuff and because we're not sure if we can really say does that really mean that okay. we've we're there yet you yeah. know because you know it, that's great but is, is, does it mean yeah. we're there yet but alhamdulillah the years have gone by the more and more we're seeing an impact of our school and, and we have to say undeniably and undoubtedly we're having that impact mashallah. and these children mashallah from the when the word go when they come in at reception are being positively impacted and their families by what we are teaching and doing and that there be an impact when, when do you at what point in the, the journey of a child 
do you see that like yeah, from the word go and that's it's taken me I, I can say that openly to you now at uh, you know 19 and a half years uh, it is from the word go it is right from the beginning and all depending from the background that child okay. is coming from you yeah. know there's all sorts of different backgrounds and that's been really interesting in in this new voluntary aided school that we have now because the background's quite different from mm. the backgrounds we used to get before and we've got much wider variety a lot more eal um and a lot more families that weren't aren't quite as devoted and diligently committed um, to you know knowledge and the full-blown practice of Islam as we had in those sure. in, in the, when we just had the independent school only uh, and they're all great families mashallah they all have chosen the school and sure. love Islam and they all want Islam um, so um, but we see the impact on the children we get the feedback from the parents that mm. we, we have the oh, mashallah incredible our children are teaching us things you know we've always heard that sort of um, feedback we're saying look enough of them have said it now for us to believe it you know <laughs> it's going on um, and it's you know the way the children will amaze us sometimes in the, in the things they reply to our questions and assemblies and lessons and the way they'll behave on trips and yeah you'll have the odd time where it won't be where we want it to be they're children after all that's why mm -hmm. I always say their children are going to get it wrong before they get it right they, you know that's why we're here to be the murabbis um so, um, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it's the impact on the children that's the, the, the biggest thing um, that we're, we're having. And, it, you know, you can't bottle it, record it, you know, uh, but we are, it is going out there for posterity. It's being written in the books of, of Allah. It's being uh, having an impact because they are now the murabbis of today. You know, our oldest children now are probably around coming up to their 30s now i think yeah. and uh you know they're, they're working they're educated and i remember meeting two alhamdulillah through our very first year six group um about two years ago on a fun day that we had um mashallah they'd come along with their brothers and i asked them because they're the eldest all the brothers had come and i asked them well do you remember anything from back then you know you've done your masters now you've traveled europe and you 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 know they, they loved history they did they did history and you know they're working now and so on and uh, they said to me, yeah, we do remember, actually. I remember, for example, Husnul Khuluq. <laughs> so I used to go on and on about Husnul Khuluq, because one of the things we oh, so noticed... So you remembered them as students as well? They, oh, yeah, yeah, mashallah. <laughs> and they, they remembered this this driving home with the message of having Husnul Khuluq. And they say, we say it to our friends. We're always talking about it. And and that was just so incredible to hear that, oh, alhamdulillah. Because, you, you know, you do all of these things and not know, is it going to have that long term effect that you want which is fundamentally to change the way muslim adults are behaving because mm. what we've noticed for a long time is if you look at the muslim community broadly and, and okay this is my perspective our khuluq our, our manners are not where mm. uh, they should be at all by a long stretch and it's not like the khuluq of the prophet muhammad so very very enough. often you will have a situation in which our wonderful neighbours um, in 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 Britain um, are showing us a far better example of husnul khuluq than yeah. some Muslims are showing, and um, and that's incredible, right? Good manners in in Britain and in England. You know what what did good manners look like, and you know people pride themselves on it. It's incredible to hear that husnul khuluq. Um, was something they remembered now as grown up, you know, because normally people forget yeah, their primary yeah. years. They hadn't, alhamdulillah. And they were, you know, they were in no doubt about the fact that they remembered the everything they'd been they taught. Had, yeah. so. well, mashallah. I'm, I'm guessing that must have given you the motivation to go in on Monday's assembly and remind the kids he's going to have an impact e one day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it did. I talked about the Quran again, yeah. Um, <laughs> let, let's start talking a little bit about kind of. Um, yourself in terms of your journey and 
where you see the, 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 the next phase of your involvement in the edu- Islamic education set up, um, whether it be with Al-Nur or another, I'm not saying for a second it is, by <laughs> the way. Um, but I mean, like, where do you see yourself? Kind of, where, 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 where does Samara go from where you are now? What's the impact that you're looking to have beyond what you're doing? Or, 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 is, or is this it? There's nothing wrong with that. But do you have other aspirations and plans? Yeah, these things are very private and personal between a person and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But in the spirit of what you were saying earlier on, the ultimate success, we all know, mm. but we need to live it, yeah. is to have the approval, the ridwan and the hub of Allah. And so that is my goal. And that should be every Muslim's goal. Mm. Earn the hub and the ridwan of Allah and look forward to the day of judgment to have your secret good deeds and whatever good deeds shown then mm. to attain a maqam which is high on that day. Of course, not maqam al-mahmoodah, that's for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu but a high maqam to be one of those people that Allah has favoured with the shade of his throne, favoured with honour on that day, favoured with safety from all of the terror of that day, favoured with uh, an audience with him, with sight of his beautiful face, with eternal life and a rapturous welcome into Firdaus mm. al-A'la. And to be of those people who testify to the truth of his promise, to be of those people that will see his face every Friday, the people have earned it. In this life, we may never be recognized. We may never attain the positions of influence and um, fame or whatever in this life. And Allah knows better what's best for us. You know, it'll be all the better for it that we don't. They present all of their own trials um, and difficulties. Um, that has to be our fundamental goal in whatever way Allah sees fit you see we could do all sorts of things here and have all sorts of dreams here and we should we should further the cause and the deen of Allah serve his deen and have great grand visions to do that and how to do that and the detail of how to do that mm. but they might not work out because that might not be our qadr that yeah. might not be what Allah's written for that might not be what Allah's facilitated for us but what we need to keep on doing is do what we do well for his sake, purifying our intention, purifying how we do it, how we go about doing, reducing the sin and increasing the impact that we're having and the number of children and people and adults that we're having, but always protecting our niya, always protecting, you know, why, honestly, the older you get, the more you realise, well, if I think all the way back, mm, well, what was my intention back then? Yeah. Why, why was I doing that? And why did I, as an extrovert person, like the int- attention of people? And duh, 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 you know, you st- ask yourself all those questions to purify yourself of those things. And we are a work in progress to try and become more self-aware, so that we can beautify ourselves before Allah and earn His ridwan and hub. Um, an ultimate salvation so what does that look like in practice here it is constantly focusing on the inward and whatever we're doing on the outward make that more beautiful to Allah more pleasing to Allah and do what you do you know do even better do it well because as the Prophet said Allah has ordained proficiency ihsan in all things or excellence in all things Mm -hmm. so if you slaughter slaughter well so whatever you do do it well do it for the sake of Allah and do it well Um, and in terms of um what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this uh, incredible opportunity to give da'wah to the most youngest uh, and most vulnerable, young, most vulnerable uh, of his souls, of the souls he's created. Um, 
yes, to, to increase what we're doing, to do it better, but to multiply the schools. Mm. We are having an incredible impact on children. We're doing sure. incredible work. We need to have more schools. So at the moment, yes, it's absolutely about how can we have more schools? Because subhanAllah, I bear witness that Allah is one without partner and Muhammad is his messenger. But I bear witness he's showing us the barakah of his blessings, of the work that we've done. And that we can affect more children. We can have this incredible impact. You know, out there, there was a, a survey done uh, about 2001, was it? Around 2004 something, by the Islamic Human Rights Commission, IHR, uh, IHRC. And they interviewed thousands of Muslim parents and asked them, what sort of school would you like for your child? A Muslim school or not? 47% said uh, that they wouldn't like they, a Muslim school, they like the best school. And I think 53% wanted, 53% is a massive amount. And at the moment, you know, we're, we're only catering for about 5% of Muslim yeah. children in the country. But we are having an impact. Let's not be in any doubt about mm. it. A blessed impact. And those children are going on to have a blessed impact in turn themselves. These people are the future worshippers of Allah. Yeah. And Allah is in... Um, is worthy of, entitled to, all worship and all praise. Every human being should do it. And blessed are the ones who have the Eureka and the, the Iman and the Hidayah and, and do it. And we need to be the people that nurture those future yeah. worshippers of Allah and his servants that worship him and serve his deen. And these children are becoming that, alhamdulillah. So we need to have more schools and we need to be bold and brave and ask ourselves the question, well, why haven't we? Mm. And let's do it. Let's open more schools. And, and, and we could have more. We've got incredible things going on inside our schools. We've done incredible innovations in, in um, tarbiya for our teachers. So they fit role models and incredible teachers. CPD and tarbiya. But tarbiya is everything, right? So it's not just um, the Islamic personality or knowledge and so on. It's also about their teaching pedagogy and all of that. It's all of it. Um, but we've also done incredible work in curriculum. And incredible impact on the children carrying the sincerity that we can muster you know in our hearts um and Allah is blessed so we could open more schools and have a greater impact and think out of the box to how can we have a greater impact all those children who can't come to these schools in the madrasas in the maintained schools to have this same impact on them that has to be you know, the next vision. And it's the detail that matters now of making that happen, bi'ithnillah, after the permission Allah. of Allah and his blessings. Something you said there, and it's, the more I speak to leaders of schools, the more I, I'm intrigued by this. So we spoke about tarbiyah, right? And we, we, we see this word being used quite commonly and loosely at times as well in our Islamic schools and around maktabs and Islamic schools and what have you. What does what does tarbiyah mean to you? What, what does it mean to you? What do you understand by tarbiyah? And who's responsible for tarbiyah for, for, for a person that comes through in, through your Islamic school? So tarbiyah, put it, it's most simple, is, is training and nurturing and growing. And what it means for a child and for a human being is in all aspects. So tarbiyah isn't just restricted to, you know, hifz al-Qur'an or learning their English. It's all of that, and it's their skills to become independent and close their buttons properly and wash themselves and use the toilet. Everything is all. Um, the act of nurturing the children, training and helping and teaching them in that is the act of tarbiyah. Yeah. So tarbiyah is, I suppose, linguistically, and I'm not sure about this, but it, it, you know, it's what is imparted. The murabbi is the one who does it. Yeah. Um, and um, 
So all of it. And who does it? Everyone. Everyone does it. Of course, the primary murabbis are the parents. Mm. And everyone who comes in that wider circle of the child's life, wider family, um, and the village that it takes to raise the child, everyone. Yeah. And of course, at the school, every single adult, and including all the other parents who walk into the school, yeah, everybody in this ummah, <laughs> yeah. everybody in the community, everybody is a murabbi. But the primary ones that have the biggest impact on the children will start from the parents. And then, of course, as the child yeah. enters the school world, teachers and, and, and so on, the people who are there with them all of the time. And uh, we have to be fit murabbis for the children. So we have to be, in the first instance, role models. Mm. Good role models, mm. excellent role models, worthy role models. Mm. And we do that by focusing on ourselves, mm. by trying to follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu sunnah, his akhlaq, his khuluk, his behavior, uh, his character more and more and more by becoming more self-aware about our faults and flaws mm. and working on them by becoming more aware about the things that we should be doing and trying to incorporate them into our um, habits. Um, so yes, become worthy uh, murabbis and, and, and have the knowledge that we need to have to be able to, to teach them and, and show them through our examples. No, mashallah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's something that I've just been ama- you know, fascinated by, actually, just to get different people's perspectives uh, of what it means to them. And I think the one thing I just picked up what you said is about, you know, it starts with the murabbi. Yeah, you yourself being a role model, and you yourself being a person that they can actually look up to and aspire to, um, to part information, knowledge, and what have you. So yeah, because we can't. That's another thing we can't belittle the importance of the murabbi being a fit murabbi. But being a fit murabbi in terms of their own example and their own knowledge is also in their khuluk, which is the khuluk of the Prophet. Now, what was his impact on children? Mm. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, it was enough to touch. A person for them to become a Muslim. It was enough to to for a for a child companion around the Prophet to smell his hand yeah. and be affected for the rest of his life. It was enough for him to say, you know, oh oh, oh we come pray like this for that child to to want to pray because he was gentle, kind, loving, merciful. This is the messenger of God who receives revelation from the angel, the archangel Jibrail salam, who comes traveling through the heavens and the earth to him who is in sajda leading the muslimin in salah and his grandchildren come in so put the tarbiyah of his grandchildren on one side of the scale and the weight of his duty as a messenger of god and the prayer and the imam and all of their prayers on the other side which was heavier in the moment the tarbiyah to those children the prayer wasn't destroyed Mm. It's just he stayed down while they played on his back. Subhanallah. He stayed down and stayed there. Was there any tutting? Was there any shoving off and pushing off and then going and telling off the mother afterwards? How dare they? They could have wet the floor and, and this najis would have been on the floor. This is the prayer, sister. Don't you understand? And all of this nonsense. Did this happen? No. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam completed the prayer. When they were tired and they got off and off, they went toddling off. He completed his prayer and the, com- the companions, the people around him asked him, Ya Rasulullah, you were down for a long time in such that, did you receive a revelation? And he said, oh no, my grandchildren were playing, I didn't want to spoil their game. Now, I haven't read the actual Arabic words, were they the actual words said, I've, you know, so this is paraphrased. But the idea was that he waited for them to be tired and then go, he didn't spoil their game. Yeah. 
that he didn't tell them off. He didn't. So do we understand the importance of our children? Do we understand the importance of how we behave towards them? Mm. And about gentleness and lovingness and caring and kindness and patience and compassion. And okay, as a young mum, children, I own up. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, you know the best example of that as a young mum. The, the kids are listening in. <laughs> you know, if my daughter watches this, I know what she'll have to say about that. Um, but this, you know, he is our inspirational role model. We need to model ourselves on him and be more and more like him. And uh, and if we were, our mosques would be a different place. And they're slowly, slowly, they are. Everything's becoming better yeah, by the mercy of yeah, Lord. No, alhamdulillah, beautiful, um, beautiful reminder actually, and even just for myself as well. Um, you know, with, my own, with my own daughter who, who does something similar as well so alhamdulillah um let's talk a little bit about al-nur let's talk about the school you know mashallah you know the first time i've actually come to the school and you know i've heard a lot about it and you know we've we've spoken before and i've spoken to members of your your team in the past and, and i know you've gone through a journey of mashallah going from an independent school to, to a va school and you know, inshallah, bless you guys for all the effort and and, it, all, and the intention that you have in terms of what you want this place to be. Because um, it's much more than just bricks and mortar. That's it. Uh, yeah. It's much more than that. And, and alhamdulillah, you know, it's a real inspiration, I think, to not just to the people in London, but across the UK. Well, make us like you think we are. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it really is. And, and inshallah, we spoke about this, you know, the, the intention behind this podcast as well is to help inspire, motivate, and to share, showcase some of the work that's happening so that people in our community are aware of the, some of the good models that are out there. Um, but I shared with you some good news that I had over the last month or two. Oh, sure. And so if I were to come to you, sister, and I was to, I don't know, get a moment and I bumped into you at one of the supermarkets and I said, oh, Sister Samari, you know, you lead uh, Al-Nul. I'm thinking of sending my daughter. You know, in that minute, how would you sell Al-Nul Primary School to me? So, so... Short, sharp, succinct, what would you tell me in that minute interaction? <laughs> the, the, the honest thing is, the very oversubscribed school, to be honest. Really so it'd be, it'd be a quick where do you live? <laughs> where do you live? Are you closer? Um, <coughs> selling the school. You know, I, uh, Alhamdulillah, there was a time where I was doing, I think when, when I first, you know, uh, we were doing a lot of selling of the school. And now today, um, you know, Alhamdulillah, the school is what it is. Find out what it is. Ask some questions if you like. Uh, accept it for what it is. But uh, yeah, you know, this school is all about helping children to become worthy worshippers of Allah, to know Allah, to connect with Allah, to love Allah, to nurture their iman. That's its primary, primary. Mm. You know, so we, we, we do um, summarise, you know, the wider vision in um, the al Foundation's vision of, uh, you know, communities, families and individuals um, uh, that, that seek to... I've got it on the wall behind me. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 this is a test for you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> except and understand the purpose of being in this world and confident living and working together um, for a just and responsible and compassionate society and so on. Um, but all of those things are true, right? And, and fundamentally, right at the beginning, it is about um, having children get to taste the sweetness of man. And okay, they're children. Children are going to go through all sorts of journeys until mm. they get to adolescence and through adolescence to be that adult and then valid for, for all of their actions and so on. Um, but the seeds we lay today are, you know critical in in that journey critical mm. in that journey all the stuff that 
children forget that you taught them first actually all the stuff um, that they are actually relying on later on it's you know zero to five we have that biggest impact on children and they're they're forming mind and neurons and 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 their personalities and and obviously as they grow older the impact you can have becomes smaller smaller, but it's still considerable uh in those in those primary years and then into secondary um so we're a school that confidently and we're now with experience is undertaking that journey and helping these children. And we understand we aren't, this is not a factory. It's not something you put a child in, they come out product. No, we're working with human beings. We're working with families. So mm. we, we want very much families who undertake to be a part of that journey to become better and better murabbis themselves, yeah. better and better uh, nurturing nests of warmth and, and love and tarbiya mm. themselves um, for their children. And so really we work hand in hand with the family. With the family yeah. um, we mirror those values and they should mirror ours and, and the things that we're teaching and doing and being those role models and murabbis for those children. Um, so they can be an environment in which um, there is a consistent message and a consistent experience of uh, bonding with Allah, knowing Allah. A piece of work that we've been doing since about 2018-19 has been on uh, developing our curriculum to do that, to that end. So all of us would say, well, any Muslim scholar is doing that, you know, we're yeah. doing it. What we've done is we've, we, we discovered something called the Harmony Curriculum, and we realised how it um, lent itself automatically to exactly this. The Harmony Curriculum was first devised by a head teacher in um, Walton, Surrey. Walton on Thames, sorry. He's left, left that school and he's actually created uh, an organisation for Harmony now. Um, but it was, he was influenced in turn by Prince Charles, King Charles III now. <laughs> he wrote a book back in 2010, I think, on Harmony. And um, he identified a, n- a number of different, um, let me call them themes, sets of natural phenomena in the world around us. Um and all of those themes point to the existence of one almighty, all-powerful, merciful, compassionate, loving creator who created us with purpose. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you can say that about anything. If you look at, the, for example, one of those uh, themes or principles, as, as we call them, is, is cycles. Look at the water cycle. Look mm. at life cycles. Mm. Look at the cycle of the seasons. Look at how Allah feeds us. Look at how he, he takes... SubhanAllah, he gives us food and he takes us a, a seed from that food, tells us plant it again, and from that tiny nothingness comes another tree that bears us fruit. Wow. Again, season upon season, year upon year, how can we not believe? And this is the challenge Allah gives us in the Quran. This is what he tells us to reflect upon. Tafakkaru, tadabbaru, think, ponder, reflect, look at the signs around you. You know, So, I mean, all of that, Surah Al-Imran, last 10 verses or so of Surah Al-Imran, all of that shows, you know, even the, the, the process of tafakkar and tadabbur and of iman growing to the point where people come to this natural conclusion. Then Allah asks us in the Quran, you know, why are you deluded? Why don't you think? Why don't you accept? So many verses about pondering upon his creation, his mm. natural phenomena, his uh, in anfusina, in, inside ourselves, looking at, you know, just our bodies, but also even our human condition and our psychology and the way we think, and the way we are. 
everything about the world and the perished nations and the nations of the past and the, the people before, Allah asks us to think mm. and ponder and reflect. So we have been doing this incredible work with our curriculum um, and obviously worked with our staff, worked with the curriculum, worked with planning to try to find more and more opportunities that whenever they are studying things, to take that magnifying glass up close, to think about these themes, these things that Allah has put around us and learn more about Allah. And fundamentally learn about his names as well, because that's how we learn yeah. so much through that. So we learn about him being Al-Khaliq through looking at his mm. creation and, and Al-Khalaq and Al-Bari and Musawwir, the, the, you know, the, the diversity of his creation and the beauty of his creation and the, the intricacy of his creation and so on. We learn more about Allah. So that, that is a, a really important goal of our curriculum. Um, and we're really delighted and proud of the work that we're doing Masala. in developing this. So if your child comes to our school, she will be, inshallah, uh, exposed to, to all of that. And, and we have an incredible team of staff, an incredible team of specialist staff as well. Our specialists are our Quran, Islamic and Arabic teachers. They are really at the top end of their, uh, of their game, mashallah. Um, an incredible curriculum that has been created for specifically teaching those subjects too. Um, and incredible class teachers that are so devoted to the deen and give and give and give and give. And all of them, the teaching assistants, everyone at the school down to our school admin staff, everybody is giving and giving in his path um, because you couldn't reward people for this level of, and I know in particular, you know, we were there in the independent sector for so many years. We're just now on that tail end of almost about to close the independent and be a full uh, uh, VA school. But you, nobody, could, no one but Allah could reward the people that work in these schools no, what they do. We're going to come back to the staff in a second, but just to let you know, you went over by the minute and we were talking in the supermarket for like eight minutes, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> Sorry. You need to work you on might that need to, Yeah, no, it's definitely. Good. Mashallah, no. You know, um, the, the curriculum that you were talking about, and, and mashallah, you know, like, people don't quite realise, do they? And, and I, I think we were talking about this earlier on, about what is actually being taught in our Muslim schools you know, what is the value of the education? What is the, what are the intricacies of the day-to-day -day and zooming in on, on, on one of Allah's names? And you know, those things get missed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they get lost in the fancy, glossy prospectus and the website. But the detail, that's the detail that really matters. That's the detail that's having the impact, isn't it? That's the detail those two former students of yours are coming back and saying, that's what stayed with me, right? Mm -hmm. And subhanAllah, you know, it's it's amazing. So going back to your staff, actually, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, uh, Muslim schools up and down the country, you know, subhanAllah, where, where are you going to find another group of people to run a, a Muslim school? I, I think, you know what, if it weren't for the people and the sacrifices, and we know the sacrifices they're making, but tell me a little bit about your team, you know, not, not, I, know, I know that you've got a big team, so I'm not expecting you to name everybody, but just tell me, how, what's the dynamics of the team? What's the, what's the culture of people coming in and working here? Well, I think all Muslim schools have always attracted people who love Islam and want to live Islam and love children and want to teach children Islam. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all those years we had people who were willing to make that sacrifice of not having enough money to pay the rent, uh, to, you know, not having all the luxuries that yeah. everyone else was having. Um, and some people could do that for a long period of time. Many people couldn't do that for a long period of time. Mm. They had, that, you know, have to, and that's why we've got high turnover in a lot of these schools. Mm. Fees are too low and, you know, and, and they're not being paid at main scale. And, and those are challenges. But 
subhanAllah, people need to honor these people that did that, who, who put everything on hold to come yeah. and, and, and do this incredible work. So we have, mashallah, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, 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 incredible people, a lot of whom have been with us for a long time now. I, I'm, I'm delighted that I can say that after 20 years, I can say that. A lot of them have been with us for a long time, alhamdulillah. And it's been an amazing privilege to witness how they've developed over the years because they all yeah. join you mainly, mainly people join with very little experience. Yeah. Um, and sometimes not enough qualifications. So, it's, it, you know, ongoing work of getting those qualifications and getting that get, getting that experience, I mean, particular experience. And then there's been a, so much coaching and induction and so <laughs> much mentoring and so all of that that goes on. But alhamdulillah, we have such an incredible team. I don't know where to begin. These are the backbone of our school. Mm. I'm, I'm proud of every one of them. Uh, one of our deputy heads, I first met her when she was a year six child in Islamia school. <laughs> and I was coming in to do the science lesson. And she was in my very first lesson of my first day at Islamia school when I taught them Mrs. Gren. <laughs> if you remember, that's a sort of acronym for... Um, um, what makes something living? Uh, <laughs> it was a science lesson it was on a that. For these all. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember she was there then, and then she went through the secondary, and I was her physics teacher. And um, she came to the school as a volunteer, um, and then she went away, did PGC, then she came back as a teacher, she was a part time teacher, she became a full time teacher, then she became assistant head, then became deputy head, and wow. deputy head, and Senko, and DSL, and our network manager, and um, compu- computing lead, and you know, incredible sister, mashallah, incredible. who's just finished her master's in, 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 in SCN, and we'll go on to do more incredible things. And so many people, you know, if, if I look at our office staff, our finance staff, if I look at our teaching staff, We've got incredible people who, and, and many of whom have been, and, and our specialist staff who started, obviously, you know, where is the formal pedagogy there? But have kept at and worked really hard yeah. and have got to this incredible level of um, excellence in what they do. Is it something that motivates you, the, the, uh, the, the support that you can provide in terms of the, the mentoring and the coaching? And like you said, you know, a lot of the staff that come into... Um, maybe your school, I know generally speaking about maybe your school that coming in and they need that support. Mm. Does, is that something that kind of, is that something you're motivated to do to help support them and develop them? I, I am, I am. I, I, I just say that, you know, if you're a good leader, then as time goes by, <laughs> you, you know, it's about building the capacity of your organisation to do that because it's a lot of work for one person yeah. to do. So initially, yeah, in, in the independent school, it was me doing it yeah. for everybody. And I was doing everybody's performance management, <laughs> all of it. But alhamdulillah, you know, we, we've grown over the years, we've grown our leadership. And so we have uh, senior leaders now and everybody's got a set of people they're working with. Um, and I work with the senior leaders and... Um, but yes, still delivering staff meetings and, and talking with people yeah. and, and, and so on and, and, and doing CPDs and what have you. Um, so yes, it, it is a, a, motiva- a motivating factor, but it's also, you know, it's a kind of like a no-brainer. It's, it's the most important element of the school yeah. because they are at the front line giving that therapy to the children. I can't go out there and do that for 400 yeah. children. It has to be the people yeah. around. So we have to invest in their... In their in their be in their yeah, CPD. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely, it's really important. Um, what's different about Al Nur compared to other Muslim schools? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're, we've got incredible people in all of these schools. No, they're no, all no, working really hard. All the schools. It's not. It's not about. Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's not about. I'm just trying to understand what is it that's unique because you know the way I look at Muslim schools. I, I see I see Muslim schools as being like uh, boutique shops. Every boutique shop is different, and so yeah, therefore every schools Muslim like schools are, well. are different. So what is it yeah. about Al Nur that is different to what you've seen? You might have visited other Muslim schools, spoken to other school leaders, but what, what's the distinguishing factor that you see? We have a mat- well, obviously now we do have a maturity of leadership, alhamdulillah, in the school. I think we have excellent leadership and excellent governance and excellent trustees, you know, undoubtedly, alhamdulillah. I'm very involved in the life of the school and what we do here. Um, We have got, obviously, very experienced staff now here too, which is excellent, wonderful. We have uh, our Harmony take on the curriculum, as I explained earlier on. We also have Navigate, which is a character curriculum, where we, uh, as a school, decided these are a set of qualities we want our children to be demonstrating displaying be part of their character okay. uh, and personality and, and, and so we have that part of our curriculum as well we're at 16 a set of 16 characteristics that we're you know through sort of the, the wider curriculum the hidden curriculum and the explicit curriculum teaching children um we have uh, our own bespoke quran islamic studies and arabic curriculum which are very very Mashallah. good Mashallah curricula, i should say um we have our own bespoke pshe program uh, which is very, very big, <laughs> very vast, and covers lots of different things, uh, including RE, including uh, um, cyber safety and um, RSHE and all of those things. Um, um, obviously, we are blessed to be one of those schools that have a purpose-built, wonderful building now, alhamdulillah, yeah. for t- a two-form entry school. Um, we have a park across the road, so we, we don't have playing fields, but we have a park right across the road, alhamdulillah, big blessing for us. Um, we have a lot of support from our parents. Uh, we have a lot of support from our local authority, okay. the people around us. We work very hard to build those ties and links. The trustees work very hard. The governor's working hard. School staff and leadership has worked very hard to build those links and ties. We're a very listening school. We listen to parents. When, we, when a child has a, a problem or there's been a behavioural issue, we investigate carefully. Mm-hmm. We deal with it very carefully. Um, we communicate well with parents. Um, we also put emotion, the emotional well-being and the emotional development of children at the heart of what we do. Mm. We understand that spiritual and moral and all of those other forms of development, intellectual and whatever, all built on a basis of a very sound basis of emotional uh, um, development. And if that has not gone well at early age, mm. then there are going to be issues that emerge. So then it'd be secondary repair and so on and so on and so, so forth. We have a school counsellor, mashallah, incredible. She's an ex-parent and... Um, she worked for us voluntarily for a year and now she does half voluntary, half paid, just a few hours a week. But that's been incredible. Uh, I think it's something I had a, a dream of way, way back. And alhamdulillah, I had a conversation with this amazing parent years ago and talked about this dream for this and how she could consider doing that. And she went away and trained and did it and, oh. and came back, alhamdulillah, and, and is giving, still coming to our school and helping. The, and children love her. She's really having an incredible impact on, on, on our children. You know, there have been some children where I have thought, mm, that child's going to continue to be, yes, you know. But she's had such an impact that they're, you know, Turn talking around. to her. They, they miss her, they want to speak with her, and they've turned around. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So that's a, a big blessing, you know. Um, and it, so how are we different from Muslim schools? Um, I don't know, what, what else do we do? Um well, we did a lot with we did a lot of work with Muslim schools. We supported Muslim schools. Obviously, I, I was part of the Association of Muslim Schools for a number of years. Um, but also, if schools approached us, uh, if there's a school in need, we'd 
bring them on board. You know, sometimes we'd give them trainings. We'd let them bring their team and staff in, come into classrooms. Sure. Um, we, we, we've supported a few schools in that way as well. Sure. Um, and obviously our staff have given quite a lot of training. CPD, I've personally done a lot over the years, yeah. uh, up and down the country. Mashallah. Um, um, I want to just kind of wrap up this segment with a few few kind of um, questions and uh, we'll take them short and sharp. If I was to have the privilege to speak to one of the students, what, what do you think they would tell me about their kind of experience at the school? You know, do, do they come in looking forward to come to school? Are they happy? I'm sure majority of them are, but I mean, what would they tell me that I would take away and think, wow, you know? Yeah, what? I think exactly that. I, I never thought I'd get to that day. You know, these are things that you don't, you think they're too good to be true, so but our right. children do say that. They love to be at school. Or they do enjoy coming to school. I mean, even early in early days in the independent, I would often think, that thing, I was always very cautiously, no, God, it's too good to be true. <laughs> but, you know, it's happening and it is happening. It's repeatedly happening. Our children enjoy being at school. They love coming to school. They enjoy being at school. They love the lessons. They in, behave incredibly well in lessons. And, um, you know, they get an incredible experience and an in, incredible good deal <laughs> from the school, alhamdulillah. What about, what about the parents and the community that you're, they're in, you're in? What would they say about Al-Nur? Overwhelmingly, they're very positive and very protective, I have to say. Oh, Overwhelmingly, wow. mashallah. mashallah. And, they, and they, they testify to the impact the school's having on their children, alhamdulillah. Is there a sense of ownership from the community yeah. for this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think if anybody else on the outside was to criticise, they'd be the first to defend. You know, internally, they might have the odd one who yeah, might right. want to, yeah. you know, and people who have incredible ideas about improvements, but... I think they're the first to defend, mashallah. Oh, mashallah, that's brilliant. I mean, to be honest with you, um, that's half the challenge, isn't it? If you can get the... The backbone of these schools are, are the, is the community, right? The community is going to be here, and inshallah, we're all going to disappear one day, and but the, the school will still, inshallah, be here, and it will still be having the impact that you said, and if the community are supportive of it, then inshallah, it'll stand tall. Um, let me ask you this question, and then before we kind of close off this segment... What if Al Nur Primary School wasn't here? What would be, what would people be losing out on? You know, what about if there wasn't an Islamic school here? What would be the impact to this locality and this community and the people that you've got to know around here? In two thousand and two, well, let's let's go back two thousand one before the school opened. On this site was a small garment factory, and next to it a pub owned by a brewery. And the pub was an old rundown pub with a big beer garden, big beer garden at the back. And it was still open at that time. It would have its big music nights, what have you, open till 11 o'clock at night and so on and so forth. And this garment factory was chugging away. Obviously, one day wanted to close and the building was up for sale. Today, we have a purpose-built building, one of just a few yeah. in the country, for a two-form entry school, a state-of-the-art building, a beautiful, something that's very beautiful on the, on the high road that was much better than what we had before. Mm. Um, the pub is gone. Yeah. Um, we have a vibrant community of people who've moved into the area. Yeah. A whole load of Muslims have moved in, supporting services for those families. And, and you know, they wanted those things. They've, they've all, whether that is... You know, like I was saying earlier on, a walking club or a cycling club or a, um, the masajid, and they're very dynamic masajid that reflect the people in the area, mashallah, as well. Uh, for example, Al Ansar Masjid over there, Beckham Tree Masjid over there, Iman Masjid over there. 
three mosques within easy and probably more <laughs> the only three I'm aware of now um all within sort of easy walking distance I suppose and uh, very dynamic in what they're providing we 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 were actually um back when we were the independent uh, one of the first Muslim scouts groups was created by ex-staff or parents and staff of the school at the oh. time and I was very supportive and promoted it with, with and, and that was called at the time it was called seventh good maze um now we have another one eighth good maze as well they're both Muslim scouts groups um the services the shops the the madrasas the there's so much has happened and the people that moved into the area and it has been improvement alhamdulillah mm. Um, you know, the streets feel safer. When I first started working here, that end felt a bit, a little bit like no-go area. Oh. And it felt a bit, you know, okay. perhaps it could be racist. I'm yeah. not sure. Is that a bit, a bit unwelcome and completely changed? Change. Yeah. And I know some people would say, oh, there are too many brown faces here now, or whatever. <laughs> Allahu alam. Um, but actually the, the place has become very diverse, very vibrant, very alive. I feel yeah. that the whole area has come to life and is beautiful. Mashallah. Honestly and truthfully, it's beautiful. This building is such an asset to the whole area. Mm. You know, getting rid of the carbuncles <laughs> and putting, I mean, somebody, okay, I appreciate some people may really like their pub and it was, but it, you know, we, we when it closed down, the, the Arnold Foundation bought it and we, I went in there plenty of times. I, I smelt and I saw what I saw. <laughs> you know, it, it was about time for that to be brought and, and all of this to be, to be made, alhamdulillah. So yeah, it would be very, very different. We have a place where adhkar is happening all of the mm. time. And that adhkar is being raised to the heavens. And that adhkar is going around the throne of Allah, exalting and glorifying Him every minute of the day. Mm. This is a big light that is going up from the earth with Allah and His angels in the unseen world see mm. all of the time. And Allah blessed us and allowed us to have this. Oh, and we can't thank Him enough. Its impact has been far-reaching. Yeah. And in these few words, hasn't been able to I, do it justice. I, I, can, I can also testify for that as well, because I've got family, as I mentioned, in, in London. And they, they've often spoken about uh, relocating. And, then, and for them, a big part of it is, you know, schooling, right? As it is for many families. And then for them, in this particular case, it was Islamic schooling. And so I can, I can see why how you've brought a whole community with you, a whole set of people to this area and kind of just raised it and just kind of made it so much more kind of diverse and dynamic. And, you know, it's, 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 it's just like, you know, I think it's, for me, it's, Islamic schools have become, maybe for, I'm, I'm not technically right, but they, they feel as though they've become as important as a, as a masjid, planting a masjid somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we yeah. know that the Prophet went to Medina, masjid was the priority, right? Yeah. And and I feel as though like our schooling system has become a little bit like that as well. Yeah. So that that actually moves on nicely to the next subject, which is let's put Al Nur aside for a second and let's talk about Islamic schooling in general. Okay. And mashallah, you mentioned and I know you've been involved in the whole Islamic schooling movement for some time and, and I'm and I'm this is probably the part of this the show that I'm probably most looking forward to speaking to you about actually because I know mashallah you're you're very passionate and you're very committed and devoted to this to the sector. But let's start off with something really simple as a question. What is an Islamic school? You've got the different perspectives on that, you know, the theoretical the sociological, you know, and all of that. Um what is an Islamic school in the UK? An Islamic school in the UK is a school in which 
children learn about Islam and the school itself is run in a way to allow children to live their Islam. So in its simplest essence, it would be that. And in terms of, you know, legalistic definition, well, if you have an ethos that is a faith ethos, mm. so that means it permeates your explicit and hidden curriculum, then you are a faith school, so you'd be mm. a, a Muslim school, an Islamic mm. school. And um, you'd be, if you seek a legal designation as having faith character, then you've got certain protections under the, lo the law. Yeah. I mean, it just means that you're allowed to recruit teachers and senior leaders of the faith, I suppose, yeah. more than anything else. Um, but it's a protected designation that stays with the school. Um, but yeah, in essence, it is a school that allows children to learn about, that facilitates children learning about Islam and living Islam. Okay. So let me challenge you there then. Mm. So 95% of our young people go to non-faith schools or mm. schools that aren't considered to be... Um, Supporting what you just shared with us, so they'll typically go to a mainstream school, nine, you know, nine till three, and then they'll come back and they'll go to maktabs. And I don't know the numbers, but you know, there seems to be a reasonable amount of people who are who are adopting that type of approach um, and doing okay for themselves. So, mm -hmm. why is an Islamic school any different from that model? Well, we know it's different, <laughs> and we know what, what the children are going to get out of it. It's going to be yeah. very different. A simple logic that you know they're going to get much more Islamic uh, education and knowledge from this. And we know, um, you know, two hours in a maktab, you know, the, the standards and how things mm. are taught. They they work incredibly hard. May Allah bless them. All mm. these people who sacrifice their time, their money, their lives, and yeah. do that incredible job. But it's quite different from a school that's got the training and the pedagogy. It's, it's a very different approach. And also, it's only two hours at the end of a day, mm. a long, tiring day where children are tired yeah. and would rather talk with their friends and you know. Um, so they, they are very different. There's, there's no doubt in my mind, but um, we do need to support the Madrasa yeah, model, and we do need to think about how we can give them such. A, 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 you see, we've got to look at the, what was the point of those. There, there was this thing about basic Quran, learn to read the Quran, and perhaps some some aspects of basic Islamic mm -hmm. knowledge there. But is there a model in which it could be done? that perhaps there are some children who can sit down at the end of the day and can do it that way. Mm. There are a number who can't. So yeah. is there a model of doing it which is more like a youth centre type of youth work way of doing it that we can still get the end product that we want? Yeah. Um, at the same time, let's not ditch the madrasa model completely if we don't have to mm. um, in, in the way that it is at the moment, but let's, let's professionalise it. Let's give it more curriculum materials yeah. and um, let's give the training to um, the madrasa teachers. I mean, they, they're crying out for it. They want yeah. it. And mashallah, many who are doing an incredible job here yeah. who, you know, the forerunners here as well Do you know um, does, do we need Islamic schools? Yeah. Is there a need for Islamic schools? Yeah, I mean, need and so on you know if you want to talk about you know, as in ear to breathe and stay alive, you know, <laughs> at, at what level on yeah. some people like to talk about Maslow's hierarchy and all of this um, in terms of is there a benefit and a blessing? Is there a role to be played? Is is it serving a need? Yeah. And, a, and is it effective in serving that mm. need? So what's the need? The need is for children to have tarbiyah and mm. become worshippers of Allah, know their deen, know how to, and have that basic knowledge of how to do their basic fara'id, um, to learn to read the Qur'an, to make hips of the Qur'an, to be the future worshippers of Allah, and so on and so forth. Yes, the, the need is there. What's the most effective way about going about doing it? Um, 
So many people opted to make Muslim schools as a solution because they were in this country, you have to send children to a school unless you're going to educate them otherwise and, yeah. and it's homeschooling. Um, so many people wanted and sent them to a school but wanted the option and choices of school that was in line with their own home ethos yeah. the, 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 you know, the, and their family values. So absolutely, there's a need. Mm. Absolutely, there's a need. You know, it's, that's what it serves. It allows, and, and it allows us, in addition, to nurture the future Dai scholars uh, and, and, and uh, you know, the, the leaders of our community. One of the things I'd love to do is, um, going back to when the first Muslim school opened, was it in the 70s, 80s? 80s. 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be great to establish a number of, of students that have gone through uh, Islamic schools in the UK and just survey them you know just like you find two young people and just find out the impact that it's had on their life and it supports that kind of yeah it's a need. great research project yeah. yeah it'd be fantastic and I think it'd be amazing just to find out kind of like those little gems there's a bit of the inspiration what people have gone on to do and yeah it'd be fantastic so yeah well, something we were doing and we started I, I, right in the beginning we started it off and I started running a survey um and then somebody took over a bit and then it sort of fell by the wayside a little bit. But we've still got, because it's that whole thing about the community, yeah. a lot of them are still in the community and still have links through lots of different yeah, people. But yeah, definitely to do a wider scale project would be an incredible thing to do. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we, we, we know Islamic schools really challenging. You know, there's, there's a handful of now uh, VA you know, state-funded Muslim schools, but the vast majority are independent. What, what, given your experience that you've had and given the insights that you have, what are the biggest challenges do you think there are for Muslim schools today? I know there's many, but if you just take one or two, what would you say? What are the biggest challenges? In the independent sector, it's about sustainability because the financial model mm. is, is very difficult. It's about sustainability. What they've done on such little money is incredible. Yeah. MashaAllah. But we want them to be sustainable. Mm. And for the voluntary aided, the few that have got through the issues about multiplying and the barriers to multiplying, but us stop seeing them as barriers, start to become more creative. I know you've got um, Ghulam Abbas now, MashaAllah, helping and, um, you know, he thinks out of the box as well. He, mm. he, he, you know, take the opportunities that are offered rather than stick that we can only do it one way. Yeah. So, you know, we do need to to look at ways of increasing that increasing the number of so that those those two things are our biggest challenge other than that the challenge to all of us to you know nurturing future generations of worshipers the challenge to every single one of us is the challenges of the time that are present and continue and accelerate all the time to all of us in terms of raising children mm. you know we have all of those things of this age you know, YouTube and social media and their algorithms and their echo chambers and all of the access to stuff to very young minds that aren't ready for them Um, and uh, the exposure to stuff. We know human beings are impacted by the environment they're in. So what's happened over, as history has gone on, is that the... the, um, the, the, the family unit or the, the close environment of the child is expanded to the whole world mm. through the use of these devices in, in the home. You know, so it's no longer that just the people having influence over children are just mum and dad at home in the small village outside. Oh. It, it, you know, it is absolutely the whole world. Any Tom, Dick and Harry, yeah. anybody can be that person that will have the massive impact. All that grooming that's going on in line, all its different multifarious facets, you know, all of this stuff that's happening. 
and the impact that modern civilization is having on our children. Um, there was a wonderful book, a number of books written by Sue Palmer on toxic childhood, which talked about the impact of the modern world on the basic rearing of a child, that the basic rearing of a child still needs the same fundamental ingredients, but all of this stuff is getting in the way and making a toxic mess mm. of it, which is spoiling children. And now if you put the spiritual aspect into all of that, there are even greater imperatives for us to constantly keep up with the game you know are we really going to be able to take all of this stuff away that we have you know is that realistic is it desirable is it what we should do i was thinking the other day about you know i've just said it to you didn't i i learned from tv something that told me to wait you, know, <laughs> you, you can use all these things for good yeah. as well so you know how are we upping our game and using it so what are we doing in terms of knowing that this many percentage of children, young people are watching TikTok or yeah. Snapchat or whatever latest ones on there and, or YouTube videos. And, and they're learning about the world through that. Yeah. What are we doing to address those challenges as well? Mm. You know, what are we doing online with YouTube or even campaigning with all of these social media providers and their algorithms? And, all, you know, what are we doing to help the things we're, that are going on that are challenging them to be more responsible about that? And what sort of content are we using? How attractive have we made it? You know, and everybody's lots of Muslims who are doing lots of things in their own way. Are there even better ways of doing that? No, because definitely. it's the call of our time, right? Our children, are, there's always a new horror story that we're hearing about. We're a child, it, if it's not one sin, not one immorality, not one problem or the other, it's something else. And yeah. uh, it's us keeping up with the need of our time for the tibia of our children that most, most suits it. I mean, we were talking about something earlier on, which yeah. sounds really exciting. You know, um, one of the reasons I guess anybody is involved in any sort of um, initiative or project uh, for the sake of Allah is because you're hoping, inshallah, Allah grants you success um, in the hereafter in some way, shape or form. And with that, we must obviously have some sort of good feeling and some good thoughts that what we're doing is going to benefit those. So <coughs> if you take Islamic schools, given where we are today, and given what we might foresee in the future, what kind of opportunities do you think there are for our Islamic schools going forward? You know, for, for the society and the communities and the challenges ahead. Because um, for me, I think in and amongst all the, the challenges and all the, the sins and, um, you know, the, the, the uh, hurdles that we have to overcome, there seems to be this, there seems to be this kind of buy-in from people as well, more so to, towards Islamic schooling and, and the model that we, uh, that we presented to people. What, what, what do you think towards that? Yeah, um, I, you know, as long as there's iman beating in in the hearts of of people, yeah. they will always be attracted to godliness, goodness, and anything that Allah loves, and learning the deen and so on. So, um, and you know, the whole lifestyle, the way that that people have, we, we don't think anytime soon that the government's ever going to say that schools are no longer, <laughs> you know, a statutory body, you know, through which yeah. you know parents um, uh, fulfil their obligation of getting their children educated. So um, there will always be the need, but the challenges, as I said before, the same challenges. How is our tarbiyah and the curriculum and what we're doing here? best suited and, and, and changed and, and, and uh, incrementally improved and changed over time to meet those needs. Mm. And the shubuhat, the doubts and the worries that children go through that we're hearing of yeah, yeah. at secondary. And that whole thing about you're educating children today for a world we don't know what it will be like tomorrow. And they're going to be adults of that world tomorrow. Mm. So can you anticipate what that might happen, how yeah, bad yeah. that might get? So what are you doing today to deal with all of that? 
But whilst that might sound almost like an impossible, oh, you know, this is too much. Fundamentally, there's also, we are the same human being. We have the same needs. We have the same way of functioning and mind and ruha and nafs and psychology. And all of that is still the same. So the fundamental ingredients need to go in there for tarbiya are the same. But at the same time, we need to think, what are some of those areas that we need to equip children in, like critical thinking skills, mm. about um, creative thinking, about um, confidence so that they're not cowed by criticism, to be able to stand up and say, okay, I don't know now, but I'll find out. Yeah. Uh, you know, yuqeen and iman, this is why for us as a school, what we're focusing on right now is about the seeds of iman being so deep for children to have, if Allah wills, reaching a, a level of yaqeen by looking at the tree and the leaf and the life cycle and, um, you know, the carbon cycle and the, the water cycle and, and food ecosystems and, you know, all sorts of things till they realize, subhanAllah, yeah, Allah, Akbar, Allah could have created that. To look at the geometry of the ear and the sunflower and the bee and the beehive and, and look and say, well, who other than an all intelligent, wonderful, yeah. merciful, loving, purposeful creator has made all of that? Mm. Um, so, you know, that is the most important seeds for them to have. Yeah. That whatever the distractions come to them as they grow older, they will always come back to that. Because every time they look up into the sky, they will see Allah's amazing creation again and, 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 and bond to him. Because human, alhamdulillah, hasn't yet been written out of, you know, inshallah will never be, uh, you know, the ability to appreciate all that. The difference between the mu'min who sees a beautiful landscape or a beautiful scene and a person who's not a Muslim or and not spiritually inclined would be that the Mu'min would say, subhanAllah, and attribute it back to Allah and extol and glorify Allah, whereas somebody else would say, that's amazing, that's beautiful. Mm. And that's it. And I'm moved by that, but that's it. But with Iman, it is, I am moved because Allah has given and created the mind and the eye with which to see it and the mind with which to perceive and understand it, and the heart with which to feel it, and all of this beauty around me. We, you know, subhanAllah, we, all of this is beautiful to us. You know, the, the, all these points of, of thought that we want children to think about. If he made the eye differently, we wouldn't see it like that. Definitely. It wouldn't be beautiful. But not only did he create it like that, he created us with the ability to perceive it as beautiful, and so on and so forth. And that has got to be the most important season. We're working really hard on that. Mashallah. And then all the time what we're trying to do is think about, okay, what are we doing that helps counter some of these shubahat and problems later on? We are hearing of some Muslim children later on saying this. You know, they may be minorities, they are minorities, mm. but these are important things. Our children are going to go through these experiences online, at school, in different groups of people, at university and so on and so forth. What are we doing to help them? to lay some seeds today. And if we were running a secondary school, laid some seeds definitely today and, and, and teach them so they can handle all of that. So one of the things, uh, you know, we're always looking at that in terms of our curriculum and um, Islamic studies, PSHE and so on. Uh, we've written a scheme of work on sex education, for example. And we're really proud of the work we've done there. Sure. Um, this scheme of work is completely from an Islamic perspective and it's from that ideal lens of okay we want to teach children about this from an islamic perspective how yeah. do we do it so we've gone all about it about talking about their purpose of their life and 
looking forward to marriage mm. and um, using the Quran, using Islam, using the Hadith and and sharing it with parents. All of the plans we've written, we share with parents. We give them a workshop before we teach it to the children. We do it at the end of year six. Mm. And then we tell, we equip parents, give them a workshop, give them the plans, tell them to talk to their children before they start secondary and when they start secondary, telling them that, look, a lot of schools do it in science in the first half term or the second half term, you know, be ready. And... Um, we're really proud of the work we've done there. And it, we, we, we believe it is something that's actually, I've been toying in my mind for a while there, who, who else we, we share that with, but it is, it, it is something that needs to be shared. No, definitely. So definitely. people can uh, teach their children this from a, you know, in a way that's joined up with, with home and school that, that. and madrasas and, and home and, you know, and, 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 and teach their children in a Islamic, from an Islamic perspective. For me, just kind of, developing what you were saying for me the opportunity for our muslim schools at the moment is that opportunity to be able to address some of the challenges ahead of us and islamic islamic schools are great environments and the infrastructure is there to be able to do that right and the ability to be able to be creative as well in the way that mashallah you guys have developed your your rsc curriculum and the way that you've kind of foreseen that you know some of your students will probably go and possibly go to mainstream school so let's prepare them in advance of that um and i think you know those are some of the opportunities i think our islamic schools have to really kind of you know you talk about sowing that seed but firmly kind of watering yeah. it and kind of yeah. bedding it and germinating it. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, uh, when a plant grows, and Allah uses the analogy in the Quran, you know, the goodly word, the goodly tree, and that's yeah. a very influential uh, ayah for, for us in, in the school. You know, our, our children are the fruits, they are the goodly fruits, the, the, you know, the outcome of that tree. Um, so everything we're doing is, is, is you know, we know that that, that journey, it, you know, it might, it might germinate, it might become a really beautiful plant, it might even become a nice strong stem or a, or a trunk but other things can happen in life you know and and uh, things that people expose themselves to things and habits they get into crowds they move into can have a, a bad impact and perhaps you might lose some leaves might get a little bit diseased and what have you but um give them those really good roots through which they can come back yeah. and they'll be you know showered with the water of oh, iman and the quran and 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 and, and what, one thing i always say is I can only say it to children who leave us that it doesn't matter what happens, we're always here for you. Come back and speak to us. And we've got to, as a community, start to understand that the challenges our children face and stop turning them away. Stop making the dean hard for them. Stop yeah. turning people away. If the girls stop wearing a job, don't make her feel bad. Mm. Open your arms and embrace her. Smile mm. at her. Be happy to see her. Uh, you know, if the boy's been hanging out with whatever and doing whatever, don't turn them or don't repel them. Be happy to see them. Bring them back in. Bring them, keep them in the community. And parents have got to stop feeling, oh no, my child has done this. And Because uh, it's not just the issue of parents saying things, because they do. And it's cruel. And it's unneeded. And, and again, Shaitan coming in and, and making um, his waswasai. We always want to, you see, he, Shaitan made that first mistake of for a long time being jealous of Adam, salam, thinking he was better than others, wanting to be the best, the first, you know, whatever. He was a big worshipper of Allah before Adam was, yeah. was, was created. He wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to be as arrogant and as jealous, to think we're better than others, always have the one-uppance and everyone else. So the first waswasa is coming through to us with exactly this stuff. Be happy at your brother's misfortune, not their fortune. Yes. be happy that that child has done that or somebody you know and think well we're not like that and all of this nonsense shaitan is attacking us with all of the time if we don't start to address these pathologies within and these potential downfalls within us then we're never going to be of that caliber 
that is walking in the footsteps of Allah's messenger. As parents, as a community, as teachers, as leaders, we have to really be careful about that. We have to open our arms, stop judging, and we have to make our children understand they're still part of us and they can say and do whatever it is, but there's always still a hope and a chance. And that's the other thing. Nowhere in Islam does it teach us that if a child does something wrong, you disown them. Mm. Yet there are some parents, some quarters of some communities and Muslim communities that think that that's actually the right thing. No. Where does it take you to Islam? I was just reading the other day, we were reading, we have a, a, a weekly staff circle, a few staff, it's non-compulsory, so a few staff and we open it to others as well. Um, mum's really female thing. Um, and we were looking at Surah uh, Chu'ara and we were looking at, um, I think it was Lut alayhi salam. So that when we kept, did the story of Prophet Lut alayhi salam. And um, so um, we were looking for the other ayat which showed that the angels that came to visit Lut had told him that his wife was not going to be saved. Mm. And we found it in, I think it could have been Al-Qabud or Araf. <laughs> can't quite recall now. <coughs> and um, so Lut was told by the angels, except your wife. Your family will be saved except your wife. Mm. So this is interesting. She was so corrupted that she could not be saved. The rest of the family were going to be saved, but she was so corrupted. Now, she was the wife of a prophet. Yeah. So clearly she stayed in his house. He didn't disown her. No. He tried, he made dua for her all the time. He kept trying for her, always hoping against hope that she would, you know, not hoping against hope, but hope, yeah. having the husnul dhan billah that she would, and kept trying until the decree had come from the angels and then he stopped. And that's what we have to understand is our duty with our spouses and our children. We keep trying and making dua until that time comes that death overtakes us and or them or you know whatever it is but we keep trying and we have to with these children we can't say oh no that's it that's it we've written them off now we no the next one. We, we, we must never write them off we keep trying yeah so it goes back to what you were saying earlier on i think uh, just remembered about this this attitude of this conveyor belt system yeah you know just yeah move on let's bring the next one on yeah no is and you when you keep the links with them and keep opening our arms to them. And under, they should feel a part of the community. They should feel valued, accepted and cherished. And let's move on. Let's now find a way that those children have a role to play. So the problem with modern society, this adolescence age has no role to play in society. Mm. What value do they have other than playing? And, you know, then the expectation of wider society is, oh, yeah, that's the age you sleep around, you get drunk, you, you, you take drugs, you make all your mistakes. Ha, 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 ha. Then you become a politician. <laughs> but... Um, Children are going to make mistakes, but we need to be there when we need to give them a role, something for them to do in society and to feel a sense of achievement and importance and, yeah. and you know, they're making contribution. Definitely, definitely. I, I couldn't echo better what you said, Dick. I think, you know, young people, there are many talented young people who are well-deserving of responsibility in some way, shape or form. And I think, to be honest with you, some of our traditional cultures from people who have maybe who come from outside of the UK, you hear these stories from our mothers and our and our aunts and stuff and the responsibilities that they had as young people, as young women, as young men. And subhanAllah, like, they're not in comparison, not comparable yeah. Yeah. to the society that we live in today. Yeah. Anyways, a couple of more questions about Islamic schools and then inshallah we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, what would what would be the, the, the kind of one bit of advice that you would give to your peers and people in kind of in the Islamic school in kind of um, uh, spearheading the, the kind of whole movement about 
what we as a collective leadership team could do and should be doing to improve our position and our situation. So, I mean, alhamdulillah, AMS is doing some of this now, <laughs> um, is obviously to professionalise and to get a back office in, to get the funding in to do it. And I know that's a, a whole yeah. conversation itself, where's the funding come from and so on, and have a model in which we can have, uh, um, and alhamdulillah, you know, obviously in recent times, this is the case now, alhamdulillah, so that we have um, the capacity to be able to build mm. the Muslim school system and support it. Uh, and speak up for it and 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 um, be on a par uh, educationally and professionally and leadership wise and managerially and organizationally with any other national organization in the country um, and as schools not to ever lose hearts and to keep looking at every challenge and every difficulty as an opportunity in a doorway to the mercy and the forgiveness and the love and the reward of Allah. Mm. Nothing happens, not even a leaf falls from the tree, except with the knowledge of Allah yeah. and his permission for it to happen. Therefore, it's always good for us, however bitter the, the pill. Mm. Always good for us. So we need to open our arms to that and realise our children will learn something through that too and mm. our communities will learn something through that too. And nothing good was ever achieved easily, right? It has to be done through effort. Yeah. Uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, tells us in the Quran, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam showed us um, that we have to work hard for the sake of Allah and then he makes it easy and he gives us the blessing and the benefits from it. So keep on and let's have our eyesights and our vision on bigger and greater stuff. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now, mashallah, I mean, Jazakallah khair. Um, I think the last... Um, coming up to a couple of hours actually mashallah it's flown by and we could talk for a lot longer but uh, your view and your perspective has been really insightful and you know i've learned a lot as well and i'm sure people listening in um have also uh benefited any any final thoughts or words from yourself before we bring it to a close <laughs> um just allah worship him obey him praise him glorify him exalt him he is worthy of all worship worthy of all praise entitled to all of that and it's just our own blindness and our distraction and our humanity and our weakness mm. um which means that we don't do that as we should yeah. and we should try more definitely jazakallah khair for your time inshallah bless everything that you and your team are doing here at al